welcome to the Marriage Steps podcast. We're reducing the divorce rate one marriage at a time is the goal. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get us there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, licensed psychologist and marriage counselor. If you enjoy the episode today, please scroll down on your device and leave a review by clicking the stars. The more positive reviews I receive, the higher the podcast will appear in search results so others can find it and receive tools for their marriage. Also, I am hosting a live podcast on Fridays from 4 to 5 Mountain Standard Time where I take phone calls with any questions about marriage. So be sure to call me at 720-999-9538 Fridays from 4 to 5 Mountain Standard Time. That's 720-999-9538. Today I'm going to talk about the top six ways to fall back in love. For those of you who've worked with me in marriage counseling, you know this intervention I'm going to talk about, and it's called the love bucket. So a love bucket is something that we all have inside of us, and we need certain things to fill up this bucket for us to fall in love and for us to stay in love. And when we're dating and in the beginning of our our romantic relationship with our spouse, normally they are pouring water into our love bucket. Imagine your spouse is like a faucet and the water is turned on full blast and they're just pouring in water into your love bucket. They're saying all the right things, doing all the right things. Everything's amazing. So your love bucket gets really full and when it gets filled up all the way, that's when you fall in love. But then usually what happens after a couple is together for a while, either intentionally or unintentionally, that full force of water getting poured into your bucket gets gets turned down to a trickle. And so they're barely filling up your love bucket. And then simultaneously, your partner starts doing things you don't like and things that make you feel negative towards them. And that creates a hole in the bottom of your bucket and water starts draining out. So if you're not careful, your full love bucket that you had when you were dating, when you were falling in love, can get very, very low and even dry. And that's usually when couples come in to see me for marriage counseling. So today I'm going to talk about the top six ways to fall back in love, and it centers around this love bucket concept. So step number one is you need to identify what are your top three fillers, things that you need to fill up your love bucket. These can be things your spouse did when you were dating and maybe they stopped through the years. These can be things that they still do and you want them to continue because you need that that behavior or that item because it feels like air. Or it can be things your spouse never has done and you just kind of gave up on it because you realize that's just not who they are. Bring that back. Bring all these things back. The top three things that you need to fill up your love bucket. Here's some common ones. One is affection. This is the person that needs to be touched a lot, all non-sexual touch that fills up their love bucket. Another thing for a lot of people is quality time. So when you make time for them and carve out you know, time for them, this one-on-one quality time that fills up their love bucket. Other people need adoration. That's the person that wants to feel complimented and they want to hear why they're special to you and why you appreciate them. That's adoration. That fills their love bucket. Other people need emotional intimacy. That's the person that wants to share their inner world with you, what they're really thinking and feeling. And they want to find out what you're really thinking and feeling. They need emotional intimacy to fill up their love bucket. Other people, it's sex. So any type of sexual contact that fills up their love bucket. 
other people, it's recreation. So when they're in motion together with you, they feel really into you. That fills up their love bucket. Other people's thoughtful gestures. So when you do acts of kindness and you're thoughtful and you do something thoughtful for them, that fills up their love bucket. Other people that support my interests. And that's the person that wants to feel like you're tracking their life, you're asking them questions, you're supporting their interests, uh, you're making sure what's important to them happens. That support my interests. Some people need that to fill up their love bucket. Another common one is physical attraction. This is the person that wants to feel like their spouse is attractive. And so when their spouse dresses a certain way or when their spouse takes care of themselves, that's a, that fills up the person's love bucket. And that can go both ways. I've seen women have that need for their husband, and I've also seen husbands have that need for their wife. So it can go both directions. So there are some common ones. So you can start thinking about what are your top three? So affection, quality time, adoration, emotional intimacy, sex, recreation, thoughtful gestures, support my interests, and physical attraction. Those are some common ones. For my wife and I, my top three are recreation. So when we do something in motion together, I love that. I love being outdoors. And I love being active. That fills up my love bucket. Another one of mine is support my interests. So when I feel like she's tracking my life and asking me questions about things going on in my life, uh, that makes me feel loved and satisfied. That fills up my love bucket. And a third one for me is sex. And so when we're having sexual contact and it's enjoyable sexual contact, that fills up my love bucket. The top two for most men is recreation and sex. Not all guys, but the majority when they did research on this, that was the top two for most guys. My wife, her top three that she needs to fill up her love bucket is also support my interest. So I'm asking, if I'm asking her questions about her life and tracking that and encouraging her in those areas, she loves that. Another one is adoration for my wife. She needs to hear daily why she's important to me and what I admire about her. And when I, when I give those compliments, that fills up her love bucket. A third one for my wife is affection. So she loves non-sexual touch. Uh, so that's an area that she really desires. So the top two for most women when they did studies on this is emotional intimacy and affection. That's the top two for most ladies. So what are yours? That's step number one, is to find out what are your top three things that you need to feel loved and satisfied in a committed romantic relationship. It's different for each one of us. But spend some time reflecting on this. And it takes a while to really hone your list. You may think you know what it is. But tonight and tomorrow and next week and next month, your list may change. And that's expected because it takes a while to put words to what do I really desire? What do I need to feel satisfied? Step two is to reflect on where do those items come from for you. So your top three fillers that you need, where do those come from? For example, in my life, uh, one reason that I need support my interest, that's on my list. One reason that's on my list is because growing up, that's one way I was loved. So my mom got in the habit of taking me out for blueberry muffins. <laughs> We'd go out for blueberry muff muffins like every two weeks or every three weeks. I don't remember the interval, but it happened often enough where it's in my memory. And she would ask me lots of questions. Hey, how's it going with that friend? And what's going on, uh, what's going on for you at school in this class? And how are you doing with that sport? And she would just ask me lots of questions. And that 
in my mind as a young boy and then an adolescent growing up, that equated to love for me because I felt like she cared because she asked a lot of questions. And so that's the origins for me as an adult now, an adult man, that I want my wife to ask me a lot of questions because that's how I was used to getting loved. That's one of the ways. And that's normally what it is. Normally, what we need to fill up our love bucket is either what we, re- what we received growing up or it's what we didn't receive growing up and we always craved it. It's usually one or the other. So the reason it's important to reflect on the origins and the root of where your needs come from, your top three fillers, is not only is it helpful for you, but it increases motivation for your partner to want to meet those needs. It increases motivation when they hear the origins of where does that come from for you. Step three is what are the top drainers? So what are the top three behaviors your partner does that makes you feel negative towards them? This is the hole in the bottom of your love bucket. It drains that love bucket very fast. What are the top three things your partner does that drains your love bucket? Here's some common ones. Number one is criticism. Some people just have a critical tendency and that drains their partner's love bucket. Another one is defensive. That's the person where nothing's ever their fault. They always have an excuse, always have a reason. They never take ownership for their part. A third common one is stonewalling. That's the person that just stonewalls. They stop talking and they refuse. They, they decide the conversation's over or they leave the room. That's stonewalling. Another common one is secretive where your partner isn't sharing all the details and, and they have some things kind of under undercover or in the shadows and they're, they're too secretive and that's a drainer for you. Another one is no voice. If you feel like your partner can be controlling at times and whatever you say doesn't matter, they're gonna do whatever they want anyway. That's not having a voice. Another common drainer is if you feel like your partner's too independent. They're married, but they're acting like an independent, like they're single. Okay, that can be a drainer. Another one is harsh anger. Some people struggle struggle with anger issues and they have harsh startups to conflicts and they can just go from zero to 100 very fast and that can be a huge drain on your partner. Another common one is uneven workload. So if you feel like overall, all the, the work that's required to keep life running, if you feel like more of that burden's on you, that's an uneven workload, that can be a drainer. So there's some common ones. And by the way, these are not exhaustive lists. So the list of the fillers and now the drainers, these are just to get your mind starting to think about these things and nowhere are they exhaustive. So you can add your own to this list. So what are yours? What are your top three drainers that your partner does that drains your love bucket? So for me, the top three things my wife can do that drains my love bucket, one of them is if she's passive she can have a tendency to drift towards passivity and she'll get inside her own thoughts and she'll stop disciplining the kids and she just kind of can get into her own world. Um, And there's reasons for that. And, but that is a drainer for me. If she becomes passive, Um, another drainer for me is if she doesn't pick up after herself. I like things organized and neat. And if she leaves a trail of things everywhere, that can drive me bananas. (laughs) So that's a, that's a drainer for me. A third drainer for me is if I feel like we have an uneven workload. 
Um, and we've drifted in that direction in the past where I'm carrying most of the responsibilities and that has created an uneven workload and we've improved a lot in that area and it's not near like it used to be and it's much more even, but it, it, but if there's a, there's a drift in that direction at times and that can create a drain for me. The top three drainers for my wife, one of hers is if I can be critical. So I can have a critical eye at times and I can point out things I'm frustrated with at times. And if I'm not doing it in a soft startup way, which is covered in another episode, I hope you've listened to it. If not, make sure you do. Um, That's a drainer for my wife if I'm being critical. Another drainer for my wife is if I am being too strong-willed and making her feel like she doesn't have a voice. Sometimes I can get very strong-willed with what I want or what I, how I want to do something, and sometimes that can trample on her unintentionally, but it can make her feel voiceless. So I have to be careful of that or it's a drainer for her. Um, a third one is if I'm too strict with our kids. Uh, sometimes I can lean towards being too strict with our kids, and, and that can kind of just take the fun out of the house. And so I have to watch out for that. That's a tendency I can have at times I have to be careful of because if I go in that direction, and I've gotten better, a lot better over the last few years, especially as our kids are getting older and they're in the teen years, I've had to rethink my parenting a lot, but that can be a drainer for my wife. So what are yours? You want to identify the top three things your partner does that makes you feel negative towards them. Fourth is where do those come from? Okay, why are those three things in particularly difficult for you? So one example for me, one of the drainers I mentioned is if my wife does not pick up after herself. That's a drainer for me because I was raised in a home where everything was neat as a pin. Both my parents continually were washing the cars and cutting the grass and vacuuming the floors. And I mentioned this in other episodes. Everything was spotless. That's how I was raised. That's my normal And so if my wife is leaving a trail or or creating piles and there's clutter, visually, it makes me feel extremely stressed because I'm not used to that and I like things orderly. And so there's roots and there's origins to these drainers of why they are hard for us. So you want to identify yours because likewise, if your partner understands the origin of why that behavior is so hard for them, their motivation is going to increase to honor that. Number five, once you create this list, is you want to get in the habit of giving feedback to one another once a week. So you want to have on a piece of paper or in your phone somewhere, you want to have a list of your partner's top three fillers that they need for you to do and the top three drainers that make them feel negative towards you. You need that list and then you need to look at that list every day, at least for a few minutes. Because that's going to make you more mindful of what you're doing. And it's going to change how you think about your interactions. Because you want to start thinking about your interactions as, that was a filler I just did. Or, crap, I just did two drainers. So you want to start thinking of your interaction that way. Because just by looking at that list every day, that in and of itself is going to improve your behavior in the marriage. So you want to get in the habit once a week to come together with your partner Pull out the list with your partner's name on top, and then you want to ask them, hey, how did I do on, and you list the first filler, and then the next, and then the next. Now, when you're giving feedback, when you're answering your spouse with how well they did, you want to give them a number. So for example, if my wife is asking me, hey, how well did I do on supporting your interests this past week? I would give her a number zero through 10. 
10 is she was a rock star. Couldn't have been better. Zero is it couldn't have been worse. It's very powerful to get quantifiable numbers like that because it shows you where you're at and how well you're, you're behaving as a partner. And a lot of people can get motivated when they get these numbers. So on the, on the filler side, 10 is the best, zero is the worst. On the drainer side, zero is the best and 10 is the worst. Okay, let me say that again. On the filler side, 10 is the best. You're doing amazing. You get a 10. Zero is the worst. You didn't do it at all. On the drainer side, it's the opposite. 10 is the worst because 10 means they did that drainer a lot and zero is the best. So you're striving for eight to tens on the fillers. You're striving for zero to twos on the drainers. So once a week, ask your partner for feedback on each item and you want to get a number. So you can see where you're doing better, where you're stuck, where you need feedback, etc. And that leads me to point number six. Point number six is when you're getting this feedback on a weekly basis, you need to have the heart of a student. Some people make the mistake of arguing about the numbers. So for example, if, if my wife asks me, hey, how'd I do on supporting your interests? And I say, ah, oh, this past week, I would say maybe a six, 10 being the best. And if she starts to argue with that number and says, what, I should have gotten an eight because I did this and this and this, that's often futile because it doesn't matter how well she thinks she did. What matters is my experience of her and vice versa. So if I'm asking for feedback on how, how much I gave her adoration and she thinks I, she gives me a two and I think I deserve a seven, it doesn't matter what I think. Because obviously I'm not looking at it correctly. I'm not understanding what she's looking for yet. I need to learn what she's craving more. So remember that when you get feedback, your, your take on how well you did doesn't matter. What matters is your partner's experience of you. And that's where the learning curve comes in. It's going to take time for you to find out how your partner is defining these words and what they're looking for on each of these categories. It takes time. I would say if you buy into this process, it takes at least six to eight weeks on average before the drainer numbers go down to zero to two and the fillers go up to eight to 10. It takes a good six to eight weeks because you're going to create new normals and you're learning what you need and you're learning what your partner needs simultaneously. So step number six, again, is to have the heart of a student when you're getting feedback. So some questions to ask as a heart of a student is, help me understand what you're looking for. What would it look like for me to get one to two points better? Give me some examples. How are you defining that word? Those types of questions are the heart of a student, and that's what's going to get you far because then you're going to really learn how your partner is looking at the world and how they're wired and what they need. So this is the granddaddy of all marriage tools. There's a lot of steps to it, and it takes time to really work this system. That's why I spent an entire session on this on my marriage seminar. Uh, by the way, if you haven't signed up, it's filling up quickly. It's September 28th. It's for one day, 8.30 to 5, and this is session number six that we go through. Is this entire process because it's so powerful and it's so transformative with couples. One couple I remember working with, they were on the verge of divorce. The wife wanted a divorce. I taught them this. I worked with them every week. And within eight weeks, the wife said she was already falling back in love with her husband. 
So the power in this intervention is astronomical. So again, step one is what are your top fillers you need to feel loved and satisfied? The top three. Number two, where do they come from? Step three, what are the top drainers, top three things your partner does that makes you feel negative towards them? Step four, where do those come from? Step five, get in the habit of looking at your list of your partners once a day and then every week, once a week, give each other feedback with numbers. Then step six, when you get your numbers, have the heart of a student. Thank you for listening to the Marriage Steps podcast. For more more marriage resources, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. That's D-R-W-Y-A-T-T-F-I-S-H-E-R.com. And check out my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Dr. Wyatt Fisher. If you believe in this podcast and would like to help me reduce the divorce rate by keeping it on the air, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash marriage steps. Also, if you have fallen back in love as a result of this podcast, my seminar, or my counseling, I'd love to have you on the show to do a we're in love screen. If that's you, please email me at info at drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is a living organism. If you care for it, it will thrive. And if you don't, it will die. The choice is up to you. Take care.